It's funny how perspectives change over time. When I was a little boy, my mom would always tell me how gifted she thought I was, as most good mothers do. And she would always tell me, Nathan, don't forget that your gift will always make room for itself. I remembered that. It stuck with me. No matter how old I got, it reminded me that I didn't have to force opportunities, but that God would prepare a room for my calling. My wife and I are blessed to be able to minister and travel across the country, and God has blown our minds with His timing and open doors. I've never invited myself to minister somewhere, and I never will, because I had a mother that taught me that God would take care of all that. When Noah built the ark, he prepared for everything. He had a room and a place for every type of animal on the planet, but when the rains came and the flood started, he had one missing detail that could have been detrimental to the safety of his family and the saving of the world. They didn't have time to finish the assembling of the door to close out the floodwaters once all the animals came on board. But I found a scripture in Genesis chapter 7 that fascinated me, and I decided to apply this principle to my life as a very young man. It said, as in Genesis 7 and 16, after they had built the ark and everything had been in place and now the rainwaters had come, judgment time had come. And it says, and they went in, they went in male and female of all flesh as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. God stepped in and closed the door for Noah. A lifelong principle applied. If we'll do the work, God will take care of the doors. Don't force the doors open or shut. Just do the work that God has called you to do, and God will take care of the doors. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 16 says that a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. Today I want to talk about eight ways to kill your ministry. I know that's a very drastic title and it might even sound harsh maybe even a little overdramatic. But let's go back to our introduction and talk about the principle of Noah and the door. He did the work, and God took care of the door. And I have seen people, especially people my age, your 
you know, between 20 and 30, and you're setting up the foundation of your ministry and the rest of your life. And that's when the devil wants to attack. The, the devil hates your ministry. If you're listening to me right now and God has called you, I want you to know that Satan hates you because you are a threat to his kingdom. And so he's going to do everything he can to kill your ministry. And there's a difference in the devil trying to kill your ministry and you killing it yourself. So today, just to to help set the theme of what I want to accomplish in today's episode, um, these principles are more based on people that hurt their own ministry. They they do it to themselves by lack of wisdom, lack of authority, lack of preparation, and things of that nature. And so some of these might sound a little bit humorous today, and that's okay. We can laugh together. Um, but overall, I want to help somebody. Uh, and and this episode applies to anybody that's called of God. It may not be a pulpit ministry. It may not be a singing or music ministry. Insert your name here. If God's called you to do something for him, I believe you can apply these to your life. So grab your coffee. Let's dive in and look at eight ways that people can hurt their ministry because they don't let God take care of the doors and and they try to force doors open for ministry that God is not ready for them to walk through yet. So let's let's look at it. I think number 1 would be a good place to start. How about you? Number 1, this is a good one. Ask a pastor that has invited you to preach how many they have in average attendance. Okay, so let me help paint the picture for you. The pastor's just called you. You've had the honor that your name was considered for a youth rally. or Insert the opportunity here that would be applicable to you. So the pastor's called you. He, he might not even know you, except by reputation. And you ask him, before you accept, you ask him how big his church is. Oh, man. <laughs> Guys, that's a great way to kill your ministry. First of all, I can tell you exactly what that pastor is thinking. He's thinking, I just called the wrong person. I just made a huge mistake by asking this person. Because what does it matter? Why would it possibly uh, matter? Why would it hinder your decision uh, based on how big the church is? So you think you've reached a level in your ministry where you're too good to preach at the small church? Guys, you've got to let God take care of the doors. Don't worry about all that. Uh, that What you're doing is you're destroying your own opportunities when you let ego and pride slip in and act like you should cherry-pick your opportunities based on what you think is good enough for you. It's a great way to destroy your ministry.
opportunity to sing and preach in front of thousands of people, and I've had the opportunity to preach in front of 10 people. And it, it shouldn't matter to you which scenario you're you're in, you should preach the gospel, let God anoint you, pray and fast, ask God for direction, no matter what, and God will take care of the rest of those details. Don't worry about how many people are going to be there, what the scenario is going to be. Just let God lead you and direct you. I've always loved this statement, and I heard it when I sat in on a young minister's session with the great Bishop Wayne Huntley, and he said, if you are too big to do small things, you're too small to do big things. Reason number two to kill your own ministry, set a minimum honorarium requirement. (laughs) I know this sounds absolutely ridiculous that I'm even having to say this. But if somebody is inviting you to minister at their church, and your first question is, how much do you pay? You, let's let's step back for just a second. You might want to reevaluate your calling. You, you might not be called like you think you are. If God called you to ministry and you're in it for the money, I, just, I don't know how to break it to you. You picked the wrong profession. Ministry is not about the money. If, if you want to make money, go, go be a doctor Go be a lawyer, uh, and that's a very honorable profession. Go do it in the name of Jesus Christ, and be apostolic, and go go uh, be the best doctor or lawyer that the world's ever seen. But if God's called you to ministry, if you make it about the money, uh, that's, that's going to be a great way to, uh, first of all, get discouraged very quickly. And then secondly, it's just a great way to kill your ministry altogether. Okay, the third way to properly kill your ministry is to talk poorly about other ministers. This is a very important principle that is going to help you. It's just not worth it, guys. It's never worth it to talk bad about somebody, especially when you're talking about a fellow minister. Don't be the gossiper that everybody calls when they want the details on the latest drama that happened in your district. I, I have no desire to be that person. If somebody wants to get the scoop, I hope they never think to call me. Um, because I just don't want to be that person. Let's, let's use this quote that my mother taught me. If they'll talk about them to you, they'll talk about you to them. <laughs> I, know, I know that's an 
interesting statement, but it's so true. If that person, okay, if if you're that person that's talking bad about somebody else, if you're talking to any minister that has wisdom, they're going to know that you would talk the same about them and tear them down just like you're tearing down this other brother in that scenario. If we're going to speak about each other, let it be in love. Let it be an encouragement. Let's pray for one another. Okay, number four. This is a good one. And this one, I'm just going to focus towards... Let's focus this towards age 18 and 24. Okay, let's keep this in the hyphen age here. Number four. This is a great way to, to hurt your ministry. Beg people to let you come preach. Invite yourself and force opportunities. I Now, this is a controversial one, and we're on number four out of eight. We're halfway there. And I know for a fact that not everybody agrees with me on this. And that's okay. You, you don't have to agree with me. That's, that's perfectly fine. But I'll just tell you my personal belief, and, and you can take it from there and do what you will. I have never preached one sermon or sang one song or taught one Bible study at a church or emceed a youth rally, you name it. I have never had one opportunity where I invited myself. I've just never done it. It's not my personality. I... I can't do that. It's just I was not raised that way. Um, my father is Talmadge French, and he, uh, you know, I grew up in a minister's home, and I grew up being taught that if if you get an opportunity, God opened that door for you, and if God wants you to do it, you'll get the call. God will make a way. And it wasn't until I was a teenager that I saw Proverbs 18 and 16 where it says a man's gift makes room for for him and it brings him before great men. And I realized that this is what my parents and the authority, the pastoral authority in my life at the time, this is what they were trying to teach me. And I thank God every day that they took the time to invest that into my heart and into my spirit. Don't be discouraged if you're not getting the phone call right now. I'm really trying to help somebody. Don't be discouraged, young man, young woman. You know God has called you. You cried in that altar. They prophesied over you. They laid hands on your head, and they told you that there was a great calling on your life. They were absolutely right. You are called of God. But don't get discouraged in the waiting process because God is molding you and he's getting you ready for the greatest season 
It's greater than you could have ever imagined. But as my good friend James Wilson would say, wait on the Lord and he will renew your strength. Sometimes you've got to wait on the Lord because God is ordering your steps. God is creating the pathway to your anointing. He is creating the pathway to your future. You don't have to invite yourself. You don't have to push the doors open and force the doors open and make your ministry happen. God is going to do that for you. You can trust him, lean on him. Here's what you can do during the waiting process. Read your word, pray, and be faithful in your local ministry and assembly. And God is going to take care of the rest. I have young men come up to me uh, many, many times a year. And I'm always blown away that they would think to come to me. I don't understand it. I don't claim to understand it. But they'll come to me and say, I, I want your advice on ministry. I feel called to youth ministry or I feel called to music ministry. I feel called to record. I feel called to write and all these different things that people will come to me with. And the first thing I'll ask them is, are you praying? What are you what ministry are you serving in right now? Well 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 I feel called to to preach, okay? That's good. I believe you've got a call to preach on your life. Who are you teaching a Bible study right now? Well well I, I'm I'm not teaching any Bible studies right now, okay? Why don't you why don't you set up a Bible study and learn how to teach the Word of God? So that when the time comes, you're ready to preach the word of God. But let's start here. Don't be impatient in the waiting season. God has got you and he has not left you. All right, number five, the fifth way to kill your ministry. Offer your opinion as absolute truth. If you get up in a pulpit and you're preaching your opinions, it's okay. It's okay to to say your opinion from a pulpit, but it's not okay to preach an opinion as if it is the word of God or it <laughs> I just don't know how else to say it. I've seen it happen so many times. Don't preach opinion, preach doctrine. Okay? When you start stating your opinion, that's okay. I I want to hear your opinion. I'm I'm that kind of personality. I will sit and I will listen to your opinion. I I want to hear what you have to say. But your opinion could be wrong. And the word of God is never wrong. And it's very important for you to understand the difference between the two. One of the greatest preachers in my life that I respect so much, I didn't think I could respect them anymore, but then I heard them get up in the pulpit and say, you know, I have something that I've always taught, and I realized 
that that I was wrong. That was my opinion. And I want to set it straight tonight. I want to preach it exactly like it is out of the Word of God and leave my... And he preached that whole message that night a little bit differently than he had ever preached it because he knew that the Word of God was more powerful than his opinion. And this is a very powerful principle to apply to your life. Number six, this one's kind of funny. Always wing it. (laughs) This is a great way to kill your ministry real quick. Like if you just want to do it in, like, like get rid of your ministry real quick, this is a good way to do it. Just get up and think you're so talented of a speaker that you don't have to prepare, that, you know, you don't, you don't have to have any notes. You don't have to have a, any thought. Just get up there and let's wing it. And, and don't tell me that you're just trying to trust God. No, being lazy is, is not putting your trust in God. Putting your trust in the Lord is where you've prayed and you've fasted and you have prepared. And now you say, God, use what I've done because I can't do it by myself. Let's go. That's what humility looks like. It's not trusting the Lord when you stay up all night playing Mario Kart instead of studying for youth class. And so you get up at youth class and go, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, yeah, that's true. But now you've talked about joy for 20 minutes instead of taught a substantial lesson that could have helped your students not because you were anointed, but because you didn't manage your time. You didn't make sure that you set aside time to get ready. Always make time to pray and prepare for the opportunity that God has given you. No matter how big it is, no matter how small it is, I promise you're not so talented that it won't affect you. I promise you. Don't think that highly of yourself. You need the Lord. You need His direction, and He'll help you. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly divided, dividing the word of truth. Okay, only two more to go, guys. Number seven. This is a great way to, to hurt your ministry. Argue with people on social media. I just, my brain almost can't handle it when I see it. I'm just trying to surf Facebook and be a Christian and see what's going on in the community around me. And then there's people that are called of God in leadership fighting with each other on social media. It's mind-blowing to me. I, I'm i not even going to expound upon it anymore because it's enough said. You can't get on social media and fight with people and expect them to respect you as an authoritative 
godly figure in your life. You need to set yourself above that. My policy is if I don't like what somebody commented on my page, there's this amazing uh, discovery that I made, and I want to share it with you. It's going to change your ministry. There's this little button over to the right of their comment, and when you click it, it gives you an option that says delete. That delete button is going to change your life. You don't have to respond to it. You don't have to argue with people. You might be right. It doesn't matter. You will never win a soul to the Lord by winning an argument, even if you're right. It, you just won't win people to the Lord by arguing. Paul talks about it in the New Testament. Go study it yourself. You have to preach the truth in love or it's not going to be effective in your community. Just go delete it and move on with your life. And it's going to be a whole lot better for everybody watching. Now, of course, the, uh, you know, the comment police, they get the bucket of popcorn and they like to sit and watch and they love to watch the arguments going back and forth. Don't, don't be good entertainment for the, the Facebook police. Just rise above that and God's going to help you. Okay, last but not least, number eight. Seek a public ministry without a private relationship with God. This is, this is an easy way to hurt your ministry before it can even come into fruition. Before David ever defeated Goliath, he was a shepherd in a field with sheep alone talking to God. God won't use you publicly if you won't speak to him privately. Matthew 22 and 14 says, For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called by God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just be called. I want to be chosen to do the great work that God has called us to do. Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you have been able to help somebody that is listening. And I pray that you would help me to apply these principles to my ministry and my life. Lord, help me to be an example of your word and of your truth. God, I know there are people that are listening that are called to do mighty things for you. I pray that you would encourage them, and I pray that you would lift them up. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I love you. This episode is brought to you by Anchor. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. And thank you guys for tuning in every week. It means the world to me. And uh, this has just become uh, such a cool opportunity to get to be in communication with you guys every week through the Noteworthy podcast. I love you. Be encouraged. God has called you. The devil is a liar and he wants to kill your ministry. Take these principles, apply them to your life, 
and say, I'm going to work for God. I'm not going to force the doors open. I'm just going to be faithful. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to be the best that I can be. I'm going to grow where I am planted. And if you will grow where you are planted, God has got a bright future for you. I love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Next week on the Noteworthy Podcast, we have a very special guest, my dear friend James Barler, youth pastor and hyphen director for the state of Georgia. You are going to love this interview. We're going to talk about hyphen ministry, what it means to be a hyphen, and how you can be a part of the upcoming hyphen retreat. Make sure you tune in next week to hear the Noteworthy Podcast. I love you guys. We'll talk to you.